What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Position Breakdowns. Ethan, it's officially it's officially draft week, man. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday. I, I just had I didn't you know we were talking about a bunch of stuff before this, and I didn't even talk to you about that. Um, I, I had that realization just like a little bit ago, being on Victor Wembanyama's Instagram and seeing all the Spurs stuff. It's it's just we're we're almost there. We're gonna have our draft live stream, but I was just like, wow, it's this week. We're like five four days away. Yeah. And it's unnerving, and I'm still in shock that it even happened. But uh, me too, man. Spurs got the the best fans in the business for real, according to my boy Wimby. So. Heck yeah, heck yeah. And this may be a position that he's playing, Ethan. But because we're not for sure yet, we're not going to talk about him. And because it's technically the the, the pre you know draft pre draft free free agency position breakdowns. So don't worry, we'll come back before the season and and break down all the positions when we have you know them all settled and who's going to play what and know who's going to training camp. But we wanted to set the stage beforehand for all the other stuff. Now, obviously, these next two positions are going to have a big asterisk, as I just mentioned earlier. With depending on where Victor ends up playing, he's going to have a huge impact on whichever position that is. But because we don't know that yet, um, we're just going to talk about the guys that are on the roster as of right now. Um, who potentially could come back, um, how their seasons went this year, and all that good stuff that we've already been talking about. And so let's just let's just start off from Rip, Jeremy Sohan. You know, mm. we, we I think me and you have both agreed and said on this show that after this season, and you know, people might think this is crazy, but with the way that his rookie season went, it, it feels like he might have the highest ceiling on this team now, and it's because of his improvement throughout the season. We've even heard rumors of him growing a little bit more. Keldon mm-hmm. has said about it, uh, talked about it. I believe there were other players that have mentioned it. You know, still just 20. Uh, he might still be 19, but he's if he is if he did pass his birthday, then he's still only 20 years old. I mean, these guys we drafted last year aren't even old enough to drink yet still, you know. And, I mean, just to put things in perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, he just oozed potential this season, and you saw why the Spurs picked him at number nine over um, a a player like, and of course there might still be people in the comments that are like, I'm about to start a war when I say this, Ethan, but like, like Atari Eason, there were a lot of other players that the Spurs could have picked, you know, even me and you were wondering, okay, maybe we could have picked, you know, somebody like Atari Eason who has a little bit uh, of better shooting or, you know, just any of these, a lot of these different players that many Spurs fans thought, you know, if we take ourselves back to last year could have been picked over Jeremy Mm -hmm. after watching this season, it just once again is like, okay, dude, just trust trust the Spurs front office because this dude's game. There's so many more layers to this dude's game that were shown this year. Oh, for sure. And who I feel most sorry for, Jude, are the people that watched like the first two weeks of the season and then tuned out for the rest of the yeah. year because their their opinion of Jeremy will be, oh, he's a good defender, but he's ass everywhere else yeah. on the court. Right, right. And he's got a terrible jump shot. He's got what thirty percent from free throw line. Mm-hmm. All of those things. But if you watch from beginning to end, like you said, he improved in every single area of the game. Defensively, he just got more confident. He wasn't getting into, into as many, uh, into as much foul trouble because he learned the little nuances of everybody's mm-hmm. games, rip throughs, that sort of thing. Don't have your hand in the cookie jar. But offensively is where his, his growth was really prominent. I mean, we can talk about his jump shooting. He went from right. not being able to hit a three to hitting about 20, I mean, it only, it only averaged out to about 24%, but he became a threat from outside. It was a significant change. He went from like, okay, just leave this dude on an island every time to like, okay, now we can't leave him completely wide open. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. And I think that all stems from his improvement as a free throw shooter. He went to that one-handed form and that jump coincided with that. What did he shoot? Like, I know like the first two games he struggled with the one hand, but then it like jumped up to like 75 or 80 percent. Yeah, he was I forget what the number was, but I remember I think it was Dan Weiss, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, who brought it up on one of the Spurs broadcasts. But they were just it was like he jumped from like 40 percent to like 80 percent or something Mm -hmm. like even if it was lower than that, it was still like at least a 30 percent jump after switching to to the one handed free throw. Like, I mean, he went from being all right, let's you know let's try to not have him at the line if you know he would be our last choice if like we could choose who could shoot free throws obviously he would still get to the line a lot because of his play style but you know it was it was night and day it was completely different once he went to the one-handed it was like okay this is a dude that most of the time is at least going to get one here yeah he came into the team offensively with the skill set of good off-ball cutter you know, great in transition, can get you some dunks, very athletic, high motor, and really just like, you know, pick and roll handoffs. Like he can, yep. he can hand the ball off and set a screen or, or make a backdoor cut, like underrated playmaker. And he finished the season with being able to be a primary ball handler from time to time. I think that's still something he needs to work on because yeah. um, he got picked a little bit too much in my, for my eyes. But he also had an in-between game. He showed us some post-move flashes that neither of us saw yeah. at Baylor. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. where that came from, but all of a sudden he's hitting turnaround jumpers, up and unders, like uh, an, an array of moves that sh- took me by surprise. And I think the rest of the fans as well. Um, so, so in summary, <laughs> his ceiling is a lot higher offensively than I think even, even you and I were giving him credit for when he first came in. Yeah. And also, I mean, wasn't he starting game one? Yeah, he was. Like Which was a shocker to him. I too. know that this is it, the, the season. It makes sense when you when you add the context for the season. It makes sense, but when you take in the history of the Spurs, that doesn't happen. Yeah, no. And and Pop doesn't just say like he doesn't just compare people to Manu. Like, uh, okay, did he do that with Lonnie? I don't think he did. I think. Oh, you know what? He did. He did. He did. Right. Okay, so. He did. We, we, we'll keep it real with you guys. He did. <laughs> I he, That one didn't work. But I think we all know after watching a season of Jeremy that this is very different. And also, I would say that in the pop con- context with Lonnie, he was kind of comparing it more to his play style then. And his where, role. Right. Where with Jeremy, he's comparing it more to his mentality. Yes. So really th- those those are also a little bit of two different things as well. But I had to mention that it hasn't worked out once in the past. But yeah. I have a lot more confidence in this one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And his you know his pest play style is also super mm-hmm. infectious. And I love yeah. that he's a dog out there. Like if we're, if things aren't going well, he's gonna start a fight. He's gonna hit somebody a little too hard. We <laughs> we, we remember the Markeith Morris yep. WWE takedown so and the and the um what's what's that point Chris Dunn held on to his jersey after he hit a tough layup against the Jazz. And Jeremy didn't like that one bit. And he forearm pushed his pushed his forearm away really hard. You know, I love I love guys that do stuff like that. Um, he's really bringing out that Dennis Rodman comparison. Yeah, for sure. That that's why you have a lot of shades of that. Um not rising just star too. So yep. he was yeah. actually no it, exactly as a rookie. I mean, when was the last time that happened for us? I think Keldon had it his sophomore year, but that was the year but we see, didn't have that, the rising star game. And that was also his sophomore year. So yeah. that wasn't his rookie season. Like when was the I had the Spurs even had a rookie in the Rising Stars no, game? Because Devin got snubbed both times. Yeah. I well, I was I was just Kawhi. gonna um yeah. 
Maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at the. Uh, he did. I know for a fact. You know for because, a fact. Okay. Because I remember they, they that was the year they did the Chuck versus Shaq draft because it was like they picked out of the rookie yeah. sophomores and he was on the. Interesting. Board. Interesting. Yeah. No. So talking about Jeremy's playmaking because I agree with you. You know, there's definitely can still be some improvements there, and I think a big reason for potentially wanting those improvements is if he potentially doesn't play right here, Ethan. We've mm-hmm. talked about this in some of the other um, position breakdowns and just a bunch of the videos that we've done. I mean, since Pop made the comment and he played minutes at point guard, we've been talking about this uh, from time to time on the channel. So what are kind of your thoughts on his playmaking potential as a ball handler from what you saw this season? And then after that, we can kind of talk about what we think about him potentially actually moving to, to the point guard. In terms of playmaking, you know, being able to make the correct pass, having a good field of vision, being a general, I think he's already got that skill set. I think he understands the offense. He knows where guys need to be. I'm not worried about that. The only thing I think he needs to fix, if Pop does, in fact, want him to play point guard, is he needs to improve as a ball handler, literally just ball handling, because he's a little loose with it. He is yeah. 6'9", so he's kind of got the high bounce, and he doesn't get necessarily as low as some of the other guards. So Not he's as much easy, control. Exactly. He's an easy, he's an easy defend if he's trying to be like a, like a natural point guard coming off of screen. Trying to cross people up, right? Yeah, yeah. Like at this point in his career, he doesn't have that in his bag. So if he could start working on that, I think he could absolutely yeah. be like a point forward, like a Scottie Pippen role. Like I could definitely see that being in his future, but. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's really honestly, cause I was trying to think of, of what I thought and I guess what I would have said is maybe like some more just specific passes from him because I feel like when he brought the ball up the floor and this isn't saying he was doing a bad job of running the offense at all I think he was doing a good job but it was more like he'd set everything up then he'd pass it off to somebody and they'd kind of do more of like the actual distributing if you will like with the ball like literally like dishing out assists and granted he obviously had assists as well but when I think of just him like when he was in that role like literally where we were playing him at the one at times Mm -hmm. um I, that's kind of what I remember him taking it up the floor, setting up the offense. And then, you know, and, and granted a lot of times with the Spurs, because they run so many plays and so many sets, that is the point guard's job. Yep. But still, when you think about Trey Jones, you know, there's a difference in the amount of distribution between him and Jeremy Sohan when they were taking the ball off the floor. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it probably stems from the fact that he can't dribble around a screen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Because of the of the control, like you said. Yeah. That was a that was a great way to describe it because I was trying to think of like, okay, how can like what how do I verbalize like how he can get better? And and that if I this was the eighties and it was simply just backing down the defender and then making a pass, like he's he's ready. He <laughs> he's there. Yeah, he is at that point. But no, you actually oh have to gosh. have a, like a back. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and that was something that that that's really honestly like when I think about his game, that's probably the most sloppy part, mm-hmm. if you For will. Sure. You know, and and not to say that a lot of his game is not sloppy, but I would just like to say if you had to pick something. That I mean, that might. The more I'm thinking about it, that might be really the that, opens I mean, the up everything thing, else. The main thing he really needs to improve on, honestly, for sure. Obviously, well, shooting as well. That mm-hmm. those would probably be be the two the two main things. If you wanted to say something other than shooting, that would be it. But what do you think about him potentially? Like, what what are your uh, what's your future vision, Ethan? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your crystal ball on on Jeremy Sohan in the point guard position? Well, I, I love the Scottie Pippen comparison. And if he can get 
you know, a killer crossover in his bag, maybe even a Grant Hill comparison, early Grant Hill with the 90s, where he's not necessarily the point guard. Like, there's still a guy like a Trey yeah. Jones on the court, um, but he can definitely do a lot of the facilitating, uh, especially if we do that high-low high action with him and Wemby. That'll be filthy. I mean, he already does it with Zach Collins and and Mamu. Mm-hmm. So make that Wemby instead of Zach or Mamu, and it's even more difficult to stop. Um but I think he could definitely be an all-star in that role. I mean, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be. What do you think? Cause this is something we've talked about, like literally this season, potentially like say the Spurs, just for the sake of conversation, the Spurs are like, we want to play Wembenyama at the four. We mm-hmm. think we're going to get more out of him there. We think he, there's going to be less toll on his body and he, that will allow him to kind of just, we just think it's going to utilize his skill set better, you know, on the perimeter because the, the power forward is more of the hybrid you know, front court position, if you will. And really that does match his skill set, yeah. you know, a lot. So, and that's why we've alluded to a lot. And I know that I'm not, you know, you and me aren't the only people who think this. I know there's been people in the comments. I have a bunch of Spurs fan friends and yes, they watch the show, but at the same time, like there are a lot of people who, regardless of our thoughts on this, Ethan, could potentially see the starting lineup being Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Victor Wembanyama, and Zach Collins. Um, just just kind of what are your thoughts on that and the prospects of it? I know we've talked about it before, but but mm-hmm. maybe more just like the the legitimate like possibility of that. I think it's a very legitimate possibility. And the more I've been thinking about it, Jude, the more I like it. Because, you know, even when we had Tony Parker as our point guard, we were really he wasn't a high assist guy. He was mm-hmm. like six or seven, maybe. Yeah. Right? Like No, we, very good point. We are a facilitating team by by community, I guess is how you could say that. Like everybody in that lineup at one point or another has had to be the primary playmaker. Kelvin yeah. did it a lot last year. Devin has had flashes yeah. where he's had to do it. Jeremy, like you've been talking about, he had to do it at Baylor. and Even Zach year. out of the post Even sometimes. Zach. Even Zach. So I think if we really go back to that 2014 freedom of movement, mm-hmm. you know, lots of screens, lots of off-ball movement and 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 – crazy action like that that leads to Wemby in the post you know what I even you know this is kind of off topic we might even have to throw in a few triangle plays in there because of it, it, it might actually I see work. what you're saying yeah especially if we're gonna say that Jeremy Sohan is the point guard like uh, i.e. Scotty Pippen um I don't see that really not having a natural small point guard like Trey Jones in that lineup I don't think that would necessarily be a bad thing um, Devin can take it up too man Devin that's the thing yeah. Keldon can also. Yeah. Wemby can. Wemby can. He's got guard skills. I mean, <laughs> we're joking, but we're... I forget about like, that. No, like yeah. genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with it. I mean... I am too. We, I just don't... I'm not convinced yet that they're going to do it. Um, me neither. One, just because I think they like Trey Jones a lot. Me too. I um, love Trey Jones. Two, and I agree. Two... Sohan still is a really good modern four mm-hmm. like like he really just even with what we we're talking about and I and I love the appeal I especially like the defensive versatility of that lineup mm-hmm. and honestly after watching I mean we'll see but after watching Wembenyama in in the in the playoffs um I I'd like him at the four I really would like him at the four um i not to say that I think that if he plays the five, that's going to affect his potential or change the, I don't really think it's going to have a giant impact whether or not he plays either one, but I would prefer, I just, I think I just like that better. I like how that fits his skill set better. And I think 
you know, maybe down the line, you know, when he gets on a little bit more muscle, you know, if we want to put him at the five then. But he also might just be, I mean, he's still seven foot four. Like, how much muscle do you want to put on? I know he's talked about Giannis. This is a whole nother video yeah. uh, about it. And I, we could sit here and speculate about, you know, Wembenyama and what he's going to do, you know, physically. But we really don't know. So that's why I'm saying as of right now and and what I do know for, of him and, mm-hmm. and, and his and his frame, I would prefer him at the four. But I also if, if he comes out at the five, like I'm I've said this before on a podcast, like I'm, I'm going to trust pop over me, bro. <laughs> like I don't have the most wins in NBA history, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and him at the five, like it would really only be a problem against Jokic and be Sabonis, uh, AD. And then maybe Miles Turner. Miles, yeah. I mean, like I say that just because like he could back him down, not necessarily. No, yeah, like, you're right, you're right. And then in, in that case, also overall, Steven Adams or Nurkic, right. like they're just thicker. That's what I'm but, saying. So like, I, if we can have somebody that can help him bang, and I really think I think they're gonna do that, man. It's just this is, and it's like. Anyways, I was gonna say Timmy was a four. I know yeah. that's different, yeah. but you know, it's not the end of the world if Jeremy comes off the bench either, because that's something that he's done. I would mm-hmm. much rather him play next to Wemby at all times at that force, but yeah. it's a conundrum, and I don't know the answer. I don't think anyone will know the answer until game one, regular season. Shoot, dude, maybe the Spurs don't even know the answer. Like, in all honesty, yeah. like, they might just be waiting until training camp, and it's like, okay, let's, get a, look at, let's get a look at this dude. Let's see. I think uh, Zach Collins just did an interview recently, um, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how what it's going to be like to have another seven footer in the gym, mm-hmm. and like what it's going to be like to I say another seven footer. He's six eleven, but he said that it, y'all know what I, he's. Come on, it, get, it, well, if he puts the shoes on, he's seven feet. All right. Yeah, <laughs> Anyways, like like it, the point is, is there there you they haven't been. I mean, well, now that I think about Charles Bassey's supposedly six eleven they they list him as six eleven the the sixers listed him at six nine anyways the point is zach collins did an interview and he was just saying with having another seven footer and when coming to practice it's going to just up the intensity that that's sure. what he was talking about so and i'm sure just him in general is going to up the intensity but you know, the, the Spurs might be like, look, we're really going to find out when we get a good look at those guys for two weeks in training camp, and then we'll kind of figure it out. And, you know, coming into last season, they didn't know what the lineups were going to be. But still, at the same time, I, I want to say that we were honestly pretty accurate with what we thought the starting lineups can, were going to be. We just weren't sure if it was going to be so hand to start. I think we might have said, like, KBD. I but, think I did, yeah. But – that's not like once again that's not if you're a Spurs fan that's not crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's like yeah. one off. Like so that would honestly like that would be the flip side of us saying like well we're not sure if we're going to start or, or that would be the version, excuse me, of us saying well we're not sure if we're going to start um Sohan. We we don't know if the Spurs would start Sohan at point guard. So I am just going to say Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Keldon mm-hmm. um Sohan Wembenyama right last year would have been like well I'm not sure if they're gonna start a rookie so I'll put KBD in the starting spot you see you see how that's kind of similar so it's all just you know they're they're gonna surprise us especially like once again as we talked as much as this is a super exciting season and the Spurs are gonna be a lot better um I just it's still they're not contending so like it's still everything's still a little bit of a wild card this is a season to figure things out. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of what it was like last year to an extent too, but it's like now that we have like a more clear vision, it's almost like we're going harder. On last that. year last year was a tank. Let's be <laughs> honest. Last year was figure things out while we're tanking. Like, yeah. But but, but like we got to see out. but we got to see like certain things from some guys. Like if we don't have San- last season Champagne's not on the roster. Like do you know you know what I'm saying? Like this year it, it'll be a little bit different, but it'll be the same in the sense as we're going to see who fits next to Wembenyama. Where yes. last year it was just like we're going to suck. Let's see who can make it through this season and like have some like good moments during it. Cause that's tough to Thanks. do. Yes. Yes. So anyways, you know, we, we've got this far, Ethan, and we haven't even talked about uh, Sandra Mamu Kelishvili and Kieda Bates Diop. Um, and for those of you guys who don't know, Kieda Bates Diop is actually an unrestricted free agent, but with the way that his career went in San Antonio and how it played out, Ethan and I would be very surprised if he doesn't come back. Um, we'll have to see, but I, I would still bet on him coming back. And then Sandro Mamu Kelishvili is also a free agent, but he is a restricted free agent. Um, so the Spurs have rights over him. They also have bird rights on KBD, which basically means that they're allowed to go over the cap um, to sign him. Yeah, I hope we get him back. Um, he's been huge for us as far as being a, you know, a leadership guy, a veteran on the team. I know he's not, he's still really young, but for us, he's a veteran and he fits a mold. Um, he's a three and D guy. Now he's improved from 27, terrible at 27%. Oh, he's 27 years old. He's improved significantly as a three point shooter where in years past, it was really hard to watch him shoot a three. Mm -hmm. And last year he shot 39% on career highs, basically all across the board except for rebounding, but if you want to nitpick, it's like 0.2 difference of his rebound. And it's because but, he jumped up four points. In yeah, his, in, like It was four points higher in, in scoring than in his last career high. For sure, exactly. And he, he's a great defender. Not a great defender. He's a very good defender. He has the tools. Um, he's very lengthy. He's, he's pretty strong. He can guard along the perimeter. He can also take matchups with, with some thinner fours. Um, and he doesn't make any mistakes, Really. I mean, he knows our offense. He has been brought up pretty much in our offense, aside from the first two years in Minnesota. Good patience. You always make fun of the fact that he's so long, he could pick the ball up above his head and, like, take three, two or three, like, Not long make fun drives. Of it. It's just funny that he doesn't, dri- like, on his drives, yeah. like, sometimes he won't dribble. Like, you just don't yeah. see that that often. And <laughs> underrated patience and footwork as well. Like, yeah. he has a lot of good pivot moves where he can kind of somehow get open and he's so long he can be at like the free throw line yeah finger roll it and off the glass it's like crazy so i would i would absolutely bring him back yeah me too i really liked his improvement this season you know stats aren't always a a tell-all but he had career highs and everything and that's what it looked like watching him too you talked about his jump shot i mean damn damn near 40 percent and and the rotation on the ball, the way it came out. I mean, just this season from the first three shot, even if he missed, I don't remember if he missed or made it, but I just remember watching him this season the whole year and being like, his shot looks better. And it just, it was always better the whole year. You know, Confident it didn't, and, and it was, and it was consistent. It didn't fall off. That That's another thing that I liked as well. Um, just another reason that he is a versatile, uh, valuable rotation, modern four. You know, couldn't have said it myself better. <laughs> can play the three and the four, just exactly what you want right now. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, Ethan, so we talked about KBD. We talked a little bit about Sandro Mamu Kelishvili. 
as well. I think this is, um, he's definitely somebody that the Spurs want to bring back to training camp, um, that he was also in a post that they most recently made with him and Champagny. Um, that makes sense with the way their performances went. You know, it's so funny, Ethan. I went to the Champagny game, if you mm-hmm. will, you which was in the Moody Center. And then I also went to the Mamu game you when we charm. beat the freaking Nuggets and he came in because Zach Collins and Michael Porter Jr. fought. All y'all remember that, I'm sure. And was matched up against Jokic and Jokic I just didn't think probably was just like uh, I mean maybe he had heard of him on the Bucks but I don't know man especially after not. We, <laughs> these comments we've been hearing from Jokic he probably had no clue who he was mm-hmm. and, and and he probably was just a little bit more skilled me at the game that's what I saw I mean yes Jokic sometimes isn't the best defensively but I think for me Jokic was like this dude's like stepping back from three or is just like pulling from three. Like what? <laughs> you know, like, and then he's making it, but it was like, I don't think Jokic was even expecting him to be shooting those. So not to take away from what Mamu did because he was matched up with, you know, Nikola Jokic, the finals MVP. Mm-hmm. And it he went out and won the game. I know it's one game, but that was, yeah, I, I yeah. just, I'm, I'm, it was crazy that I got to go to both of those, but that was that was a crazy performance. And really, throughout the rest of the year, he showed his versatility. Um, we talked about how KBD is a modern, versatile, you know, kind of three four. I would say that Mamu is a modern, versatile four five. You know, yeah. he's definitely more of a small ball five, but like 240, can put the ball on the floor, plays the three for the Georgian national team, has skills, can pass, can mm-hmm. shoot. Um, and, you know, comes from a, a really disciplined program in, in Seton Hall, uh, played all four years there in college. So he's kind of got the U.S. game and the European game combined, um, as well as, you know, coming from Coach Bud in, in, in Milwaukee. Yeah, and so we shouldn't have been surprised that he was able to come in and immediately be so effective because he played four years of college and was brought yep. up by Coach Bud. Like, I'm sure he knew almost all of our offensive schemes immediately when he came in and probably played defense kind of similar in a similar fashion. Um, yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, dude. That was a very, very good breakdown of Sandro Mamu Kalich. Really. Uh, I always compare him to Boris Diaw. For those of you that never have seen him play really Mamu, um, he's a solid playmaker, can play the four or five, like Jude said, and, you know, has a lot of different skill sets. He's not unbelievable at anything, right? but he's good at everything. Um, and he really doesn't have any gaping holes in his game and he's still extremely young. So make him a rotational mm-hmm. piece now and let him grow with the rest of the young core. I think he could hopefully be a, a solid piece moving forward. I just had a thought, Ethan, hmm. and I don't know. It, it, I know I just said, I think KBD is going to come back and I would still say that, but if for some reason they decide not to, um, he he could he could take his spot. He could, he could because so similar they they are. And also, if Sohan's playing the one, then you've got Wembenyama and and Mamu at the four. Like that would he's just he's also I'm thinking about it. He's a little bit bigger than KBD. As much as I still we were talking about the length. Like I don't I, and I I don't want to get rid of KBD, but I could see I think that it's not a hundred percent that we bring him back because I think that there is a chance when you still have. Mamu Kalashvili, and don't forget about Barlow. Barlow, don't be. 
you can you can bring i mean really you could bring both of those back and that's not terrible like mamu would not be a terrible backup for and because the reason i'm mainly thinking about that ethan is he's restricted where while we do have the bird rights on kbd kbd's unrestricted and it's just mamu's younger and it's like you know he might fit the Wemby timeline a little bit better has the european background as well I was just thinking about that while you were talking. So that's something also to keep an eye on. You know, I know the Spurs really like KBD, so I don't know if that's for certain, but we just have so many guys on the roster right now that we can bring into training camp. And, you know, last year we were convinced that Romeo was going to get cut. And I I forget who got cut instead, but I just remember being convinced he wasn't. Yeah, I think Wieskamp. You're right. Yeah, Yeah. we thought Wieskamp was going to make it over him. Um, and, And so... You know, there's a lot of things. We'll have to see how it plays out, but that could be something where it's a little bit more minor detail. Mm. But, you know, if, if somebody offers KBD a good contract, you know, you might just roll with, with Mamu. Or they might just decide, you know, we really liked what we saw from Mamu last year. Yeah. He's a little bit younger, a little bit bigger. We're just going to roll with him, you know, mm-hmm. and we want to see. And we think he matches the, you know, the Wemby timeline a little bit more as well. The only and- Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and, and also for Mamu, just uh, as a player, the one thing I would say that he could still get better at is uh, defense. That, that would be the only thing I would say. That's basically what I was going to say. KBD's only thing that he has over Mamu really is Absolutely. experience and defense. But Mamu's a better playmaker. He's a better you know, ball handler, better shooter. No, he's not even a better shooter. He's more skilled. More skilled and a way better rebounder. Yeah. He averaged seven boards a game last year. Wow. That's something I forget because honestly, when I think of those two, I have more memories in my head of KBD being a little bit more physical on the boards. But I mean, it makes sense. He's taller than him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do we want to do we want to talk about Dom Barlow? What, yeah, do, what mean, do you we, think? We, we could we do it so quick. I'll do it real quick. All I right. A uh, lot of upside. Very. He struggled last year. He had one really good game against the Dallas Mavericks where he had 20 and 20. Where he was him. Where he was him. Yeah. Okay. Very athletic, high motor, not enough of a sample size to make a prediction. If we can get him back on a two-way, let's do it. Make up the project. I think that the G League needs to have an all-star game, mm. and he needs to be in it, and yeah. he needs to get every G League award ever. I would say so as well. Because he gets like 25 and 12 every time he plays. Should you never said anything smarter? <laughs> I agree, bro. All righty, y'all. Okay, honestly, I the, with the, with the new two way contracts that you mentioned, with you know the NBA teams being able to have more guys on the team, act like in all seriousness, that I think that that gives him an avenue to staying yeah. on the Spurs. Will it happen? I'm not sure, but I, I'd I'd honestly I'd be surprised if they didn't at least bring him to training camp. Me too. Me too. But anyways, y'all, thanks for hanging out with us today. We are going to be back on Monday, so that's tomorrow, to finish all this up with the center's position breakdown, and then we'll be three days away from the draft. Y'all be sure to hang out at our draft reaction show. We'll be live during the draft when the Spurs get the number one pick, and it will be interesting to see what happened with the other two picks, Ethan, or what happens with the other two picks. Um because maybe there's a trade that the Spurs make to go up and get somebody else that they like, or maybe they end up picking two other different guys. Another thing that I wanted to talk about before we end this, Ethan, in specifics with the trade-up, as I saw an article today on Twitter that was talking about maybe 
Bilal Koulibaly, and this was Air Alamo. I forget mm-hmm. the guy's name. I want to give him a shout out. It's not Noah Magaro George, but I think it's Ariza is, is his last name. I might be butchering that, but it, he, I've seen some other stuff from him on Twitter. He, he puts out some good stuff. Um, but he was saying maybe Bilal Koulibaly is the person we're trading up for that we've been hiding in plain sight the whole time or not we've been hiding in plain sight but it's like while he's been rising up through these draft boards and mm-hmm. this is Wembenyama's teammate who is an 18 year old um versatile french guard wing um that could be you know that could be the one where it's like this whole time we're talking about anthony black we're talking about all these other dudes and it's like they're gonna know he's been shooting up draft boards they liked him the whole time they're gonna trade up and get him and, and bring him on and where would he fit in right ethan he would fit right in to that third string shooting guard position mm, beautiful could have said it better myself. and he's 18 years old as well which means that you've got more time with him mm-hmm. to you know kind of you can allow him to sit behind Devin and, and malachi for a year did you see what wimby said about koulibaly he, he compared him to the Thompson twins, the Thompson right? Twins. That's another reason I brought this up. Exactly. So he uh, maybe that doesn't happen. I know that there was another rumor that apparently a team guaranteed him at 14. I saw at the last finals game um, in the LNB, uh, the Kings uh, owner was at that game watching it. So maybe the Kings have an eye on Bilal as well and want to trade up. Um, oh, but they also could have just been, you know, scouting other guys too because you can see a lot of good players in the french league maybe they want to bring them on there, there's i mean that's a good get the french league finals is a good way to, a good place to go if you're an, an nba scout right now For sure. um or not just a scout but an nba executive too both mm-hmm. um but that's something else to watch but if you guys enjoyed the content don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe below if you want to stay updated with everything follow us on twitter at sspn on yt at jude mclaren and at ethan underscore quintero We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all on the next one. Go Spurs go. See y'all later.